0: Hey, Sean Gaby here. Welcome to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Hey everyone, Sean Gaby here with the Supernatural Leadership Podcast, talking about the difference between principle-led leadership and presence-led leadership. We all have a leader within. Why not make that leader a little more supernatural? Enjoy today's episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome again to another Supernatural Leadership Podcast episode. My name is Sean Gaby. Thank you so much for tuning in. Whether you're listening on whatever podcast, audio podcast platform you're listening on uh, or you're watching on YouTube, we would just appreciate so much if you would share these episodes with people that you know would be or should be or could be impacted uh, by these by these episodes. We bring this content to you to hopefully transform your leadership in whatever sphere that you're in if you're watching on youtube by the way please like comment um subscribe if you haven't already Uh, we want to just get this out there to more leaders in every sphere of society to really help empower their leadership just like daniel was an empowered supernatural leader to impact his sphere and did that for many many years and so our hope is that that would happen for you. Please review it. If you're listening on some sort of a podcast platform, it helps spread the word, kicks in the algorithm and helps let other people know that it exists. And also send us some feedback, reach out to us on Instagram or whatever social media platform works for you. and Let us know how these episodes are transforming your leadership. Well, today we are in part two of a two part uh, kind of unplanned conversation Uh, with special guest, Tommy green, not the Tom green that you may be familiar with from, uh, the movies back in the day or the talk show, but another Tommy green, a better Tommy green, uh, (laughs) a good friend of mine, someone that I've known for uh, over a decade now, him and his wife, Chrissy, amazing, amazing, a couple, amazing family. And, uh, I just, for those of you, if in case you didn't listen to the first episode, I am going to just kind of reintroduce Tommy a little bit for you. Tommy is um as a businessman he's also in real estate he's also the former frontman of uh the the hardcore underground metal hardcore band Sleeping Giant five albums uh he was you know with that band for 12 years he's also the founder of Run Against Traffic who fundraises and supports counter trafficking and aftercare started in 2018 and uh, he's actually the lead actor Coming up in a feature film yet to arrive in theaters called Dark Arrows, written and directed by a mutual friend of ours, Eric Gregson. So keep watch out for that. It's going to be an amazing, amazing movie. And also he's uh, one of the main members of a brand new band called Holy Name, which I feel like is, and I'm just going to say this, sort of a, a prototype for what worship in the metal scene could look like and should look like and so if you haven't heard of them holy name one word check it out um they're starting to do some some shows now they've recorded their first live concert i actually got the privilege of watching it on veeps pretty awesome amazing it had me in tears anyways i want to welcome tommy green all the way from salt lake city utah what's going on man (laughs) that was an amazing introduction wasn't it
1: Bro, you killed it again. And I was like, wow, I did all that? That's awesome.
0: Wow. You do all that. You are all that, man.
1: <laughs> I, do, I do all and, of that. And, and today's old. sponsor
0: is uh, Peanut m ms right? Peanut m ms
1: baby. Woo! You get it. You know it
0: awesome. So tell me, man, we were like, okay, I feel like we landed the plane in midair in part one. If you're listening and you haven't listened to part one, you got to listen to it because I it Nothing we say right now will make sense. Well, it will make sense, but it will make more sense if you listen to part one. But in part one we talked about we got into your story a little bit talked about loss talked about some of the bitterness you went through talked about some of the pain um you got real you got raw um yeah. you know we talked through that it was powerful how you kind of came out to the other side some of the the encounter that you had on one of your runs and how that kind of changed the trajectory and then we kind of got into this idea of what god began to speak to you regarding humility and how that connected to your season of going through some of this trauma. I mean, you had, and you can just maybe Cole's notes it again. You had, there was seven, was it seven deaths? Did I get that right?
1: Something like that. Seven or eight. I mean, it was a lot. Yeah. Between 2018 to 2021, it was just wild. Yeah. People in our family died um, that were super close to us. And then, so just a lot of tragedy kind of in that space. And then between Chrissy and me, we had, we had four miscarriages. Um, and that was, that was really gutting. That's just a unique pain for um, people to experience, uh, as well. So it was just a profound sense of that. But, and then in the, and because that was connected to, uh, we were leading and ministering and all of that. And in the background, while that was happening, there was a, a pretty, pretty significant like failure, um, a real demonic kind of like failure of a church leader that um i was working with and working for and the um not just the circumstances but almost like the process of like let's see this dude restored um was so important that it 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 didn't give any room for the actual truth of what was going on and it didn't listen the the process itself was too the platform was too important to actually listen to the people and the very people that were hurt were never really acknowledged, truly. It was all about the dude that was gifted that needed to be back in ministry. And it was not about the fact that he was a complete sexual predator and hurt people profoundly. And so my own culture, the heroes within my culture, I felt like completely dropped the ball. And, and because that had happened, in a sense, on our watch, I was... Essentially, like, I felt like the authority of Christ was not present, that everything that we were a part of was essentially popularity and politics. That was it. But the spiritual authority of Jesus was like gone. And so as I'm going through personal loss, I literally felt like so crazy about what had happened that I, uh, the thought crossed my mind am I connected to something that's so demonic and so messed up that that's why everyone in my life is dying? Is this dude, like, are there, is there just a demonic door open over my life because of this stuff? And all of the quote unquote prophetic people can't even see it. Like, where am I? And so it was just like, yo, I have to find the eyes and the authority of Christ or I'm going to completely lose hope. And that was, it spun me out, but it was also it also like, you know, purified some stuff. It refined some focus in my life. It it allowed me to be probably delivered of a lot of personal deception, and almost like a, a false religion. You know, like uh, it was as if I made what I wanted was the truth of who Jesus is. Like I want Christ. That's what I say, but then ultimately, am I willing to yeah. settle for something different? And and if that provides me something and was I living that way? Practically was my right. theology saying that I wanted Jesus alone. But then really, when he showed up to do business, and it threatened everything that I thought was important to me, did I really want him? Or was that just like a good worship song? Or was it just inspiration, you know, all of that stuff. So that was kind of what what carried me through it, you know?
0: Well, I appreciate you bringing us into the the journey because it's so good to hear people that go through stuff and hear their raw, real thought processes and then see that they, hey, they made it through because so many people don't make it through. I mean, we are in the age of deconstruction, which is, in my opinion, the biblical equivalent of what Paul said to Timothy about a shipwrecked faith where the whole ship is deconstructed where you're like Leonardo DiCaprio on a door about to drown. You're holding on by one little, you got one little piece left. You know, you don't believe in the whole ship. You're not on the whole ship anymore. You got one little piece you're holding on. That's a shipwrecked faith. And we are in a season overall where everything is deconstructing around us. But, but God, I just believe is, is, is raising up People that can navigate through it and rebuild their life if some things had to get, you know, thrown out. And I think we're always in a season where we're being transformed into letting go of some false religion. I think all of us at some level are renewing our mind constantly where there's been some religious influence. And we go through seasons of loss and those seasons really reveal where we've seen wrong or pain reveals where we've missed it or trauma, you know, exposes idolatry in our heart or things where that maybe we had in our heart that we didn't realize until all that stuff happens. We kind of realize like where our foundation is. And it's so cool to see how you've come through it. And I know that maybe you're not entirely, you know, where you want to be yet, but you're in it, you're moving through it. You're processing it. You're not one of those guys that's going to stay down Mm -hmm. and kind of just let the enemy win. You're going to move through and you've moved through and now you're on the other side. And we talked about in the part one about how you're in this this band that you're in now called Holy Name, which um, is sort of this new expression uh, of of worship and metal. And really, it started out by just it's kind of like it, we kind of likened it to like your journal. Like you just like you're like David on the hill writing your your processes out and then it turns into something like I don't think David ever thought, oh, these thoughts are going to turn into a book that everyone reads For millennia, you know, like I don't think David thought that he's just writing his thoughts down, you know, And now he's like touring with holy name, you know, it's like you're (laughs) writing your thoughts down and all of a sudden now it's like in band format and you kind of fell into it. And all of this, just to kind of bring it back full circle, all of this really has has come around back to this idea that the only way you were able to make it through this hard, painful, loss driven, traumatic oriented season was course, the supernatural, of course, God, who is supernatural, Jesus being the center, but also like humility, getting low, surrendering yourself to the process and, and moving that through. So talk to us about that. Cause I know that was part of the, how we mm-hmm. landed the plane in midair in the last, last episode.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> I think, um, there's a couple, there's a couple thoughts there, which is like, you know, um, think Christ being like the picture of humility you know you read about it i think it's in um philippians you know it says he he took on you know being the very being god took on uh humanity and became fully obedient even to death on a cross that's interesting that's profound um the incarnation the the humble god that we worship, this God-man, Christ Jesus, the incarnation of Christ is like fantastic. Like it's fascinating. And for us, it's this powerful, beautiful reminder of the God we actually worship. Like our God is unique in that he is the, the Anthropos. He's the God-man Like that is very unique in human history in a lot of ways. But what's interesting about that passage in Philippians is it's like he humbles himself even to death in dishonor. And then it says, so that when we say his name, humility, like it's wild that his humility in that way produces a response in his followers that at his name, knees bow. That's like it creates a humility in the world. Is that kind so, of the
0: preface the the episodes the of like holy name. Like that's like is that why you
1: no I do okay. Yeah. Holy name, dude. Sleeping giant got named Sleeping Giant because there was a band from New Jersey called Dead Guy, and they were my favorite, and they had a song called Crazy Eddie. And in that song they sang about a sleeping giant. Holy Name <laughs> got named Holy Name because there's this really good band from back in the day called 108. And they were like Hare Krishna people, but they had a record called Holy Name. And I thought it was so awesome. And I just like the fact that that's, it's at the Holy Name, His Holy Name, like His yeah. name. That's there, <clears throat> there was a point in time, and it comes and goes now. But when I first got saved up until probably a few years ago, there was a lot of time where if someone would just start talking about Him, I would just start crying because I just it's like He's about my God about jesus man like it'd be like bro you better be careful like don't you know it felt like (laughs) you know like I, i just but i would say that to people like even in the midst of all the pain of it is like we're still going through it and and i i don't necessarily feel super connected to the people of god like i used to but i still tremble at his name like i still i know him like i i know him somehow and i don't know anything anymore but I know him somehow. And so you can't mess with his name. Like you don't need to add, like we would say it like, you don't need to be, don't ever be ashamed of it. You don't need to add anything to it. You don't need to take anything away. Like the name of Jesus, the holy name of Jesus, the holy name of God. Wow. That's heavy duty. Like that's beautiful. And so, but it's also holy. And that's what I'm saying is like in the midst of all this meltdown, I've preached the gospel through whatever vehicle for 16, 17 years. I've been a part of planting small home groups and churches. I've baptized tons of kids in that lost generation of 18 to 35. I've gone all over the world and I've spoken about the gospel everywhere that I could go, that I was going. I would talk about Christ and then everything falls apart and I was blown away at how barren and empty and not holy and not righteous. I felt on the inside. It was as if I knew how to do all this other stuff, but I was just exposed somehow. And all I wanted was what the Psalmist calls the beauty of holiness. If holiness is beautiful, I felt so ugly on the inside and everything around me felt so ugly That it was like, I just needed beauty somehow. And it was a beauty that was so transcendent that I didn't know how to even get it. And so the fact that his name is holy, but holiness is beautiful. It was as if I had to change my focus from like doing all of this stuff to just like, I have to know you. I've got to know what's real in here. And I want to be a holy man. I, I want to be righteous. And I don't, I don't, it was like, I couldn't connect. You know what I'm saying? It was like, yeah. I felt like if I stay, if I hung out, if I hung out in miraculous settings enough, that holiness would rub off on me. Like he who does a miracle can't say anything bad in the next moment. You know, it was like, man, it just purifies the atmosphere or something. Like if I just get supernatural enough, I think he's going to do work. He's going to do so much work in me. And then when all of it fell apart, it went, Whoa, like, I don't feel I don't feel very holy at all. So, in a lot of ways that holy name this focus is more about like God please like I want to I want to f- experience the holiness of God in here in a way that I don't I don't know if I have before.
0: Hmm. Well, I kind of look at it like I think of I mean I've known you for a while now and I've Sure. You know, I I I one of the things I love about when you do speak I've heard you speak. I've had you out of my schools in the past and at our church. I love that you speak from a place of brokenness. Mm. And I, I kind of think of this, like the the beauty of a, a cracked pot that's been glued back together again. And you put a light inside that cracked pot. You see the light through the fractures. Mm. When a pot is uncracked and just a pot, you put a light in it. You don't really see the light. You have to look over the top to see the light. But when you, crack a pot and you shatter it and you put it back together again and that light glows through the fractures it's a lot more beautiful to look at and i feel mm-hmm. like brokenness broken leaders i feel like shine the most light in the end mm-hmm. and i feel like you are an example of that and i you know as long as, as long as as long of course we continue to surrender and like we said be humble and allow god to glue those pieces back together again when we go through shattered moments but the more that we surrender in those hard shattered moments the more potential light that's going to shine through our lives and so your story you know you said this earlier like you can have your i think you said like you can have your future or you can have your story something like that i don't remember if. That yeah was
1: i was i remember language. sharing with you about that like when jesus said repent or perish ultimately what he was saying is like you need to change your mind or you will waste and so the way that it was almost like crystallized for me in that season a handful of years ago was like, you can, you need to change your mind or you will waste your life, change your mind or you'll waste your time. And then it was like, well, I need to change my mind. Why? And it's like, well, because you're married to your story. And so then it went, oh, okay. So I can have my story or I can have my future. And so the now it looks brighter. Yep. Repent, It's like, I can, I can be married to my story of how crappy everything was and how it all worked and what it was all for and who's to blame and who's responsible and how this sucked and what was the, the circumstances and how everyone reacted and who was with me and who was against me and who looked at me funny and who mistreated me and who showed up for me and who didn't. And I can keep that story as the defining thing, or I can drop all of it. And do what Joseph did, I think, in Genesis fifty, and he goes, "I can see that it all just worked out. It it, prov- it provided something for me in my story with God." And I mean, also, when
0: he, when he had his interaction with his brothers, yeah, yeah like, I, lo- I love that story because I mean, he he, of course, he went through all that stuff. He could have been married dude, to the fact, horrific that he was falsely stuff. accused, betrayed, all that stuff. You know, you know, thrown in jail, and then you know, years, decades later, after he has this dream. And he reunites with his brothers. They don't recognize him. They don't recognize the new version of him.
1: Mm, yeah. And
0: and he recognizes them and he weeps. And then he he when they come and apologize to him, he says this. Oh, man, it used to always wreck me. I would weep. I would weep mm-hmm. in the word when I would read this story. One of my favorite stories to read through is the story of Joseph in Genesis. Mm-hmm. But he says to them, he says, when they're apologizing, you didn't you didn't send me here. God sent me here ahead of you to prepare and basically take care of you. He sent me here to be the one that provides for you. And that just like is mind blowing, absolutely Mm -hmm. mind blowing. And um, that's what I feel like you're, you're, you're kind of saying without saying it is like, you have this realization that Mm -hmm. the people around you, you know, didn't cause the feelings that you had on the inside of you. Mm -mm. Somehow, God had a plan, and I don't want to say that God sent you through all that stuff. I think that's bad theology, but somehow God allowed you to go through this for a reason, to redeem something in you that would cause you to become a better version of yourself. Hey, everyone, before we continue on with this interview, exciting news, the Supernatural Leadership School just launched a brand new e-course, The Voice of God, Module 2. This module is going to take your leadership journey to a whole new level. If you thought Module 1 was good, we're diving way deeper in this one. So I want to encourage you, register today, over 17 videos packed with amazing supernatural content that I know is going to encourage, strengthen and transform your supernatural leadership
1: journey. Well, I think in general, like the, the big, the journey that I feel like has been the most important for me in the last few years, there's a, there's a verse in Peter and it says, you know, through these great and precious promises, you know, we become partakers of the divine nature and historic christianity you know orthodox christianity they call that process theosis um saint athanasius said it cs lewis i think mirrored it many years later but he basically said the son of the son of god became man that men might become sons of god um the process of theosis is where we become by grace what god is by nature we can never become god but we share in his his energies yeah. we become And and ultimately what that is, is Jesus is the actual only humanity. Mm. Jesus, the God man is what humanity looks like. We have no idea what humanity is. That's being a human. Jesus is being a human. That's what it is. And we become either darkened in our understanding, or we become transformed to become fully human to become like Christ is to become fully human. And so we don't have to hold it at odds because we don't even know what humanity is unless we see it in him. Um, And so the, I guess the, the, the idea of going on that journey means that by going through toil by going through trouble by being dishonored by being discredited by having affliction all the stuff that i hate and want to keep at arm's length those are the very tools that god would use in order for me to become human and if my christianity says all of those things should be rejected or run away from or there's nowhere to put them then I can't actually experience transformation. I experience. I end up experiencing what God means for transformation as punishment from my creator. And then there's resentment and there's like a barrier. And so that humility of like, whatever you wanna do, I just want to be more like you. I want, I want to become who it was that you saw when you first fashioned me in yeah. eternity who did you see jesus how did you see jesus as the uncreated son when you put him together how is it possible for our frail humanity to become anything like that but mm. make me like that cuz that's the transcendent beauty that i think all of us are looking for but the process of submitting ourselves to the process is so painful mm. that it's easy to lose the vision of where we're actually going and i think that that's the thing that I I, I feel like hmm. I, I gave up I gave up on his original design for me because I settled for the Christian version of me.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I see what you're saying. Let me ask you a question. You know, thinking about I know that we're kind of just conversing here, um, kind of rabbit trailing back and forth between this idea of just dealing with stuff dealing with yeah, life and, yeah. and going through processes and you know really because we want to we want to empower the supernatural leader you know and yeah. i don't think that you can be a good supernatural leader unless you understand how to navigate real stuff mm-hmm. and navigate it with the tool of course being jesus being supernatural and em- embodiment of supernatural but yet human um I'm just thinking about this. Like, would you say that maybe part of the reason why you went through such a hard, I'd say season of responding to the people in your life because of disappointment, they disappointed you. Let's just talk about that. Not, not the loss piece, but more like the people disappointment piece. I just, let me just submit this to you. Like I I think about this statement, unhealthy expectations, are premeditated resentments. Yeah. When you have an unhealthy expectation of a leader, of a situation in life, like you think it should go this way, it doesn't. You think this person will never fail you and they don't, or they do fail you. You think that, you know, life is just going to be like fairy dust and blueberries and, you know, lucky charms, whatever, all day long, you know, and then it doesn't. It doesn't end up like that. It's having an unhealthy expectation. It really is a premeditated resentment about to happen. Yeah. And I think a lot of us end up resenting seasons and people and things because we had unhealthy expectations of them. What do you think about that?
1: I think there's, I think there's two things. Um, I think that that is super good. Um, I think we would talk about it in the like executive coaching world as we don't have healthy expectations. We make commitments and agreements. That's it. Because, because expectations. Wow hurt relationships but commitments and agreements are things that we can actually navigate and so i think you're totally right to say when you have expectations they can either be places of fulfillment maybe or absolutely resent just call resentment and tell them you're coming because the odds are you're holding someone to a commitment or an agreement that they may not have made and so if i
0: if i expect that tommy Green's going to return my call after the third call he doesn't like that. Yeah. That's if topic. that's your, if
1: I've made a commitment to you that I will always return your call by the third call. And then I don't, you can go, Hey, you don't keep yeah, your work. There you go. And I could be like, <laughs> Oh, okay. Tight. But if you just have an expectation that like, well, Tommy's just going to make time for me and answer the call. Um, and then I don't, then you're going to be mad with me, but I never made a commitment or agreement exactly. about that. True. But, but that's True. what you're exactly right. So I would yeah. say unhealthy expectations are premeditated resentment. It's like, that's absolutely a high percentage probability, it feels like in relationship. Um and being connection coders, I feel like we would say, what would be a better, what's a better option? Let's yeah. make a commitment and let's make an agreement about how we're gonna do stuff. And that way I'll gain identity from you when you show up. And then when you don't, and I lose identity with you, I can say, I lost some identity when you didn't call me back. And I can go, oh, I totally get that. I missed it. And then you yeah. can go, cool. But if it's all based on this fake standard again. That's, I think it's really cool. Cause for me, I, the way I described the season was it was the first time in my Christianity that I got like a still face from God. It was the first time in my connection to Jesus, where I felt like it was just fully like, I don't yeah, know. No. Where and for
0: those that don't know what he's talking about, still face or connection codes, like you got to go back. I don't know how many episodes listened to my conversation with Dr. Glenn Hill or my convo with Dr. Glenn and Phyllis Hill, his wife. Come on. Um, And they, and we talk about, I think in one of those episodes, the still face. Mm -hmm. And so you just referenced, you felt like, you know, you had a moment where you just, you didn't have insight into what's going on. Like you didn't have.
1: Literally lost all sense of, am I enough for you? And will you be there for me? It was just a full like blank out. And it was the first time I'd felt that from the Lord, like in my relationship to him, I'm looking to him, nothing. I could tell something, but I, there was no clarity. And so yeah, it was I think,
0: different. and I think in those times, if I can say this too, I think in those times for people mm-hmm. listening to like one of the, the only things I would say probably one of the most important things and one of the only things, Yeah, that that will work or help us work through those hard seasons is people. Yeah, when we're drunk on trauma Mm -hmm. or we're drunk on emotional crisis or anger or bitterness, because we can all get intoxicated by those things. We are blind to reality. And which reality often are we most blind to is the God reality in those moments because all we see and feel is our pain, right? And so we need people. I mean, Galatians, I think it's Galatians 5 or it's Galatians 6, I can't remember, says it's the law of the Lord to carry, carry each other's burdens. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it's the law of the Lord to do that is because there's times when, Tommy, you can't carry your own burden. like You can't carry it. And so you're carrying your own burden you were never destined to carry by yourself, bringing it to God, and God's like, man, I'm going to help you get through this with the right people. But often yeah. we go into isolation in the seasons where we need people the most. Yeah. Because we're afraid because we've been hurt. We've been hurt by people. So why why the heck would I bring people into a season where I was hurt by the people? Yeah, And we do the very opposite of the thing that we should do. It's like <laughs> Elijah. The only reason why Elijah was in a rough place and suicidal wasn't because of the threat of Jezebel. He got there because he went alone in the desert by himself, sat under a tree by himself. When you're by yourself in seasons of pain and trauma and intimidation, spiritual threat, all kinds of stuff. We can do a whole laundry list of stuff. The worst place to be is alone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not, it's not good for us at all. So that's, that's what I'd say is like, I think when you said unhealthy expectations, you know, our, our premeditated resentments, um, I think that's really true. I also want to say that the Lord Jesus says, and I'm saying this for the people that have been affected maybe in in a different way and are still walking it out. Um, Jesus says, if the light that's in you becomes darkness, how great is that darkness? And so I also think like unhealthy expectations of people, unhealthy expectations of bosses, Mm, Yeah. Family members, pastors and leaders, they will either satisfy you for a season, but then when the disappointments come, it'll be that much harder or God willing, you know, your expectations are completely in line with who they are and you never feel disappointment. But I will say this, um, when Christian people act with like evil and wickedness and deceit and deception and demonic stuff, it's, horrific. And so to have an unhealthy expectation is one thing to be absolutely lied to and manipulated by someone that's wearing Christ's name and authority publicly. That does a, that does a mind mess up on not just the people that are right there, but like each year in the, in the, um, Christian tradition, there's a day called the, um, it's like repentance Sunday, And in the church, everyone will line up across from one another and they'll basically say, forgive me to one another, everybody in the church. And in essence, the mindset is, please forgive me because my own personal sin, my own failures, my own mistakes in some small way has made the world heavier for you. Please forgive me. And the person across me will just say, I forgive you and the Lord forgives you also. And everyone in the church goes to every single person that says, please forgive me for any sin that I've caused this year, because my sin is like, it's just made the world a little bit harder than it should have been for you. I'm so sorry. It's a beautiful thing because it, it grounds us in the fact that we are deeply and profoundly connected. Even when we don't think we are that just like you said, carrying each other's burdens is like trying to pick up like a home Depot bucket Full of water with one finger. And you're like, it's just too much. And it's like, it's amazing what happens if you use two, like, or even three or four if like, we're the body of Christ. Like oh, good, it's yeah. too much for one yeah. member of the body. But if we yeah. get a whole bunch of us in there, we can, we can lift the burden. And yeah. so we're, we're designed to work connected. The lie is on some level, this isolated version of Christianity. Absolutely there's no such thing as like i I'm having a relationship with Jesus on my own. Like that isn't even a thing, that's not real because the Bible is basically like, and you're not even gonna know what love is without the rest of the saints. Like you won't even understand what you believe. So we're so designed to do this thing together. So to isolate because of that stuff, it makes tons of sense. You're not crazy if you wanna do that, but we are the sickness sometimes but we are absolutely the medicine as well. And That's so good. walking through those seasons of time, you have to find the people that are going to help like wash the wounds. We would say it in the Rev crew, like Lazarus comes out of the grave and Jesus tells the people around him, take off the grave clothes and let him go. That means they had to put their hands in decaying gross stuff. They had to get his stuff on them. So that he could go free, and that's community. That's just how it's designed to work as well. Awesome. So I, I like that encouragement, Sean. That like we're not designed to do this on our own. And even when it makes sense for the the personality types or the people that are like, I'm just going to push away and be on my own, that that's not going to get you yeah. where you need to go ultimately. Sometimes you do yeah. need to back up to gain some perspective. But we're designed to do this thing together. Yeah. And Jesus Sometimes never said humility yeah. is is asking for somebody. Yeah
0: um yeah and jesus never said like the world's gonna know you're my disciples because of how much you worship me in the, the church service <laughs> and how, how how long your hands are up in the air he said you're the world's gonna know that you're my disciples because of your love for each other so yeah. really community is an expression yeah. of our faith in christ uh yeah. and his leadership in our life and you know bringing this all back to we need to have these conversations. If we want to be the supernatural leaders that God's called us to be, we're going to go through hell. We're going to yep. go through stuff. We're going yep. to go through crisis. We're going to have some suffering moments. Yep. We're promised that we can find joy yep. in these moments. If we have a right perspective. I mean, James said it counted all joy. Like we can find joy. There's mm-hmm. joy is available in every heart season. It's just a matter of if we're going to find it. And that when you break down that word for joy, people think it's like laughing and, dancing in a field no that joy is simply like a leaning towards of god's grace that's what it actually means a leaning towards of god's grace when mm. when we are able to rejoice in hardship that word rejoice or to find joy is simply to lean towards god's grace in the hardship it's not like you're gonna have to joy doesn't mean you're dancing and you're like look i i'm dying of cancer and i have two months to live and i'm frolicking around the the pond in my you know whatever like that's not what the, That's not what joy looks like. Joy is simply saying, hey, in the midst of this hell that I'm in, yeah. I'm leaning into God's grace, and I'm able to rejoice that God is with me while I'm in it. Yeah. And we need this kind of re- – we need to have these conversations because if you're going to be the supernatural leader God's called you to be on the mountain he's called you to be on, whether it's in politics or whether it's in media, entertainment, the church, whatever, you're going to get hurt. You're going to suffer loss, and so you need these tools – to continue to pick yourself back up again. You know, a righteous man may fall seven times, but he gets back up again. What yeah. makes you right is that you don't quit, that you get back up again. You're gonna fall. It might be seven times. But what makes it right, what makes you righteous is that you keep getting back up because you know who's the one leading you. You know, you know the race that you're on, you know the end goal, you know the conclusion. That's that's what makes you righteous. And so yeah. I think we're taught all this conversation, you know, coming back to. Really, if we're gonna go through this, we have to have humility. And humility yeah. is surrender. Humility is obedience. Give us, as we close here, Tommy. Give us everyone who's listening. Give us some practical keys sure. on how we can navigate, yeah,
1: some yeah, of the yeah. most
0: painful seasons.
1: Well, I think this thing. I I um, I'm gonna give these. I I would. I think I would encourage people this way: to be a supernatural leader is to be a human being. The way that Christ designed us to be a human being in the image of Christ is to be supernatural, but it's also to be fully human. Reconcile in your mind that you don't know what a person is. The only true humanity that you need to like go after is not the newest influencer or your business mentor or your high level coach or the greatest athlete on the planet or the most prophetic human that you know, the only humankind that actually exists that all humanity is truly based on is the humanity of Christ, the God, man, he's it. And so I would have you spend some time reading in Ephesians. And this is what I would say is like this humility, the supernatural leadership is what you learn in Christ. You, since you've heard about Jesus You've learned the truth that comes from him. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Remember, even that self-deception, that self-lust. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitude. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So Ephesians would be a good ground to meditate on who you are in Christ. The other thing I would say that's practical is these are um, journaling prompts that I I just, I've been trying to practice. There are um, six of them. This is two minutes. You don't have to take very long, but I to be self-aware, to grow in some understanding and where you are and where you want to go. Here are six journal prompts. This should take no more than 120 seconds to do each day. Wow. The first prompt is I will let go of. The second prompt is I am grateful for the third prompt is I will focus on the fourth prompt is I am the fifth prompt is I will. And the sixth prompt is I get to. So it looks like I will let go of fear about the future, uncertainty, pride, or fear that I can't raise enough funds for running against traffic. I am grateful for the fact that my children are healthy, the fact that I have a car to drive today and a coffee date with my wife. I will focus on cultivating relationships with people every day. I am humble, resilient, healing, grateful. I will make my fundraising calls today. (laughs) I get to build a nonprofit foundation with my family and make a difference in the world. Um, I get to pick the thing that you feel really bad at, pick the thing that you struggle with, whatever, but I will let go of, I am grateful for, I will focus on, I am, I will, I get to, that's a two minute drill every day. That's amazing. So just focus on who you are and your identity with God. And then uh, I can't remember the lady's name, but she talked about those journal prompts and it's just a two minute thing to kind of, where are you at in your head? Where are you really at each day? Get centered there and then move from that place. So
0: that's amazing.
1: Visions for identity and then do some of the work each day. And that's all you can do, really.
0: Are you sure there wasn't seven prompts? Because I think one of them was I mean, my favorite Four, podcast five, to be on is the podcast with Sean called The Supernatural. My Leadership favorite
1: podcast. podcast to listen to is <laughs> I Will Listen to This Podcast. That's no, awesome. So I love
0: it. I love it. I want to encourage everyone out there to, to activate that, do that, try that, practice that over Please. the next 21 days, yep. write those six, six prompts down and write those things out, write those answers out. it will be healing for you. And uh, I just believe some amazing things could happen in yep. this next season in your leadership, Tommy, thank you so much for coming on again, man. I love having you on loving, having, love having conversations with you. Thank real you. raw, um, you know, lots of spontaneity and check out his band. Where do they follow your stuff? Where do they follow you on Instagram? Give us some, my uh,
1: my name is uh, points. on IG. My name is Tommy against traffic. Please follow. I run against traffic.com. Um, that's our website.
0: Put that in the link as well.
1: Yeah. I run against traffic.com. Um, we're trying to do a bunch of cool stuff and help people. So please support. Um, you can find holy name on Spotify, Apple music, YouTube, one holy name, one word. One word. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, I'm going to say this as well, my beautiful and beloved wife, Chrissy green, um, has completed her book, which is the story of how run against traffic started. Um, amazing. that should be dropping at some point in the next few months. So please keep an eye out for Chrissy green's first book. It's going to be super tight and um,
0: amazing
1: Buy a bunch of copies and cry. Cause I cry. So anyways, it's fine.
0: That's awesome. So holy name and anything else, how do they, um, get in touch with, uh, they want to buy some real estate They're in the Utah area.
1: Yeah, man, just Lake hit me City. up, baby. Yeah, yeah, Realtors Against Traffic, baby. Just know that a percentage of every little proceed we make in real estate goes to help fight oh. human trafficking. So, click up with the Realtors Against Traffic tribe, baby.
0: So, <laughs> search Tommy Green if you're in the Salt Lake City area, <laughs> or you know somebody moving yeah, if there. If you know anybody anywhere that wants yeah. to buy house, can they get? Can they first. just search you? Like, can they just search you online? Like, you're no, just what, hit me what, up, man. What brokerage are you with?
1: I'm at EXP, and my my little group is called realtors against traffic. So if you, uh, if you're anyway, anywhere-
0: I know I, I've heard of exp. Yeah. I actually sat on should- a call with a guy, with a, a woman who, who was, uh, encouraging me to connect with exp actually.
1: Yeah. While you should was- do that. You should just do that with me. That's fine. <laughs>
0: awesome. Well, Hey, thank you so much, Tommy. Again, love you, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Thank you for all those that are listening. Yep. Once again, I believe everyone has a leader within them, so let's make that leader a little more supernatural. Until next time. If this podcast has been an investment into your life and or impacted you in any way, we are incredibly thankful. We would love for you to join us in being able to continue bringing leadership content like this every month. Of course, it does not come without a cost, and our heart is to continue bringing you more improved quality and content. If you would like to partner with us with a one-time financial gift or to sign up as a monthly partner, you can do so at kingdomculture.ca. Thank you for listening to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast.